Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match with you great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I use Anchor in a simple matter. I take my podcast episodes, edit them in Premiere, upload them to Anchor and schedule them and set my tags and my description, all that good stuff. Just sit back and let it distribute to all the platforms. It's very simple and very easy to use and very user-friendly. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Chasing the Wave Podcast. I'm your host with the most, John DeMarco. Again, today with me is my two favorite men. <laughs> we have Brian Martinez and Alfredo Munoz. Muniz. Muniz. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't dialect the Spanish. Muniz. Muniz. Whatever. Alfredo M. Aren't you part Italian? Shouldn't this be like... Yeah, but that's different. <laughs> Hey, how you doing? So I'm here with them today. We're going to shoot the shit. You know how Chasing the Wave audio podcasts go. I bring my friends in, and we're going to talk about movies and their careers and like what made them get into all this shit that's awesome. But because I have both of them today, we're going to really focus on their current project and how we met actually originally and how I'm working on their project coming up uh, this weekend called wired is that correct that is correct and we're, we're very very excited about that so let me let's start with the past and let's go back at how we how did we meet let's talk about that <laughs> okay um well we met john uh i want to say was it two years ago three years ago has it been yeah, like about yeah. three years ago. Oh my gosh, it's been three years. I, I think so, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. No, crazy. wait, it's coming up to three years because we did it in 2016. Oh, fuck. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's coming up to three years. Holy shit. Um, Time flies. Right. So yeah. Can, can uh, um, just uh, profanity allowed? Yeah, you can you say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> okay. This is not. This isn't a non-edit podcast. I'm just asking. I'm just I don't saying. know. I don't know how child friendly. I don't know if you like I and Disney to to air these podcasts. I don't know what you're doing. No, I don't. I don't respond to Bob Iger. <laughs> I'm probably not going to get a job at Disney now. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So. Um. Okay. So we met John around almost three years ago. We, Fredo, myself, and our other production partner. Her name is Kelly. We were just actors acting in this new project that a filmmaker friend of ours wanted to do. It was called Murder for Dummies. And we were really excited. But it, it turns out that we were more excited than he was. And uh, 
you know, it was just his his heart wasn't in it at the end of it. We were ready to shoot, and he he just didn't want to be in the project anymore. He walked out, you know, and me, Fredo, and Kelly had to like pick up the pieces, I guess. And our only options were: do we just quit and move on, or do we try to make this happen? And we chose the second option, and uh, reached out to people. And John was one of the first people. I think he was the only DP that. That answered us. That was on Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah. We po- we posted the ad on, on different uh, uh, social uh, places, Facebook and backstage, and we got a lot of people that wanted to act in it, but only one person that wanted to be cameraman, and that was John. And it's been history ever since. It was it was really weird because it was like almost uh, almost heaven sent because it was like it, this man has stuck with us for all the headaches through that and the project since. <laughs> Um, and you know, it it just felt like it was like the right person, the right time, the right everything. It's like the stars aligned. It was great. Yeah, it was just really weird because I think I I think I was like as soon as I saw that post, I responded, and I think Kelly said that to me too. Like I was like the first person to respond right away. And the funny thing is too, I did that to Kai as well. <laughs> so it was like really weird that two of you guys, like the two people that responded right away, just answered me. Usually, that never happens. But I got really lucky. I love you guys. You guys are awesome. I love working with you guys as well. It's uh, it's been a very fun ride for the last two years, almost actually two. If you think about it, coming up to two and a half years, um, but yeah, like what was what, what, so like I just want to know like what would you guys think when you first met me? Like what were like I'm kind of curious of like what like you know what I mean like what like when we met like what did you guys like? What this guy's an asshole. It's funny because Kelly was the first person to meet you. Fair enough, yeah. I had to work that day, and I'm never gonna forget. <laughs> um, Kelly was like, "Oh my god, you guys, John is like." He's like a little kid, and we're like, "Why?" She's like, I, "We are pulling up to the casino, and he's like at the ice cream shop, bouncing around like a little kid, trying to figure out what he's gonna order." And I think that impression stuck with us. So when we met you, I'm like, "Oh yeah, he's like I, a big kid." I totally forgot about that meeting. Too. Like, <laughs> it's fun. I, I remember meeting you guys at Gold Spike. I feel like that was the first time I met you guys. That's all I really remember. I don't remember the meeting before that, and that's really bad. But like I was like, oh my god, who are these people? I honestly thought like, who are these people? Like I'm so much better than them. Like I'm no, like, you oh. didn't, you little uh, maybe, piece of crap. Maybe he probably like, was. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I was like a little nervous, but at the same time, I was like, it's like going on a first date with anyone. You know what I mean? Like you gotta go, oh my god, are they gonna like me? It felt like a first date. I was like, he's kind of cute, but we'll see what he has to bring. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm Ray. just looking at my roommate's face, and he's like, oh my god, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> For the record, I think Cawthor is pretty cute too. Brian, stop being such he's a just, hoe. He's just not like if anyone does, everyone doesn't know my roommate is uh, John Lee Koffler, and he's looking at me right now, and he was like, "Jesus fucking Christ!" And then he nodded his head after Brian said he's cute. I'm gonna just give a little play by play right there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk about Murder for Dummies. That was our first project together. That was the project we just talked about. So what, like, how did you guys write it? Get it? Like, how did you guys meet? Actually, how did you guys like all you Kelly and? yourselves get into that project like you know well, what i mean yeah well um the original team that kind of just like bounced off and we had created differences that's that's how we met it was kind of like a actor and actor and a filmmaking like kind of group that would meet like twice a week mm-hmm. and um we kind of had the idea to say hey let's make a trailer like a like a nice little like maybe seven minute trailer um, as just like a little project to work on. Eventually, that seven-minute trailer turned into like a fifteen-minute short, thirty-minute short, and it, it just it just grew and became a lot bigger than we expected it to. 
Um, mm, I think it became bigger than what our friend wanted it to. And it came to... It almost came to be that he he was expecting this to fail. He was like, we... He's like, it's going to fail, but it's okay because we'll learn from it. But we didn't want it to fail. We wanted to really strive for, for that amazing project. And we, he wasn't on the same wavelength, I guess. Mm. And I think that's when we started, like, drifting apart because yeah. he wasn't putting as much effort um, as we were. And we we felt it. And I think that was one of the big reasons why things ended the way they did. Not a fan of how things ended. Nothing against him. I, I love him to death. You know, whatever. Just sucks. I mean, yeah, but the mm-hmm. way I kind of see it though is even though it did kind of suck how it ended, I mean, we're still cool friends with, with them and we still support them, you know, cause we still need to support the, the community that we're in. And, um, but I mean, because of that happening, we got to meet John mm-hmm. Uh, we really got to this is like my very first time working behind the camera, really, really writing a script and, and, yeah. and really, really doing the nitty gritty behind the scenes production and everything. And I, I found that I really do care for it. And I actually love working behind the camera. So in some ways, it was a blessing. And I, I am grateful for it, even though it, it did kind of strain and cause a lot of stress. What yeah. what kind of stress did it cause? Like, are we talking like on set stress? Are we talking about like before stress? Oh my set? Because I know you guys now. Everyone who doesn't know this, obviously, when we're talking about this, and we filmed this, this was actually Brian, uh, Alfredo, and Kelly, who's not here. Uh, it was the, they were directing as well. So it, this is the first for me. I never seen three directors. To be honest, let's <laughs> let's be honest about that. Kelly did about like I'm gonna say honestly, seventy five percent of the directing. If it, let's be fair, if we're gonna be fair about this. Oh yeah, yeah. And then uh, Brian and Alfredo did like you know the other twenty five percent. But I think Alfredo did most of the producing, which he did a great job. And how'd you guys? <laughs> how'd you guys like? What was that like being the directors for the first time and like trying to? Did you like? Under, did you understand the language? Did you like feel like it was hard to communicate? What was that like for you guys? I was shitting my pants the whole time. I'm gonna be honest with that. <laughs> I, I wasn't. I, if there's one thing that I, I'm a firm believer that n- there is no better uh, director than someone that has that has been uh, in acting or or is still doing acting, because you get to communicate with the actor on a level that not a lot of directors can, because you kind of know what they've gone through. I think it's made me more um, wiser on how to do certain things, especially like right now with our new project coming up, me auditioning actors and telling them what I expect and kind of guiding them as to how I want them to to feel in in, in certain scenes. And they understand because I'm telling them in terms that they understand. So I think it's a beautiful thing when a director can kind of do some acting to experience that other side. And even the actor experience directing, vice versa, so they can kind of see what each other goes through. Now, now, question because like that's more of an actor's director, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's the correct term. So, like, but what was it like for you to to uh, you know articulate though to like someone like me being in camera? Like, what was that like? Because that's very that's still tough probably for you being that actor's director. Do you, have you have you? I'll get into this later. But have, like, what was that? Did you before you did that? Did you like read any books? Did you watch any videos? Anything to get prepared, kind of like to explain something that, about your vision? Um, I definitely tried to pick up as much lingo as I possibly could. Just try to understand as much as I could. Um, I never studied really anything behind the camera before mm-hmm. that moment. So I 
I was lost completely. Um, but I, I tried to pick up as much as I possibly could so I, I could communicate with you and anyone yeah. else who was who was working um, behind the camera. I mean, it was it was fun. And the whole fact that it was kind of just like throwing me into the lion's den was was fun. Yeah. And so what was it uh, like Darwin what was a uh, sink or swim, basically, in a sense. Exactly. Yeah, you basically swam. Well, good job. <laughs> but like um, also you produced, too. So what was that like? What was being a first time producer as well? Because like I feel like. A lot of people that go into first time producing don't know much and also don't really uh, prepare. It's like kind of like you having a uh, survival kit at home and you're like, I'm going to prepare for the apocalypse. But at the same time, you have nothing that you want. Correct. So you're like, oh, I don't have any fucking food. Shit. I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I can I definitely say that this was a very uh, learning experience for all three of us. Uh, None of us have had stepped into this world, and it, it was uh, very overwhelming. I really relied on Kelly and, and Fredo a lot, because till this day I still don't know a lot of the uh, terms and technicalities of, of a cameraman or a sound or a lighting person. So I rely a lot on pe uh, on people that know that. But I think we've gotten better with it. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I think yeah. so too. I think you like you you said you grow if you think about it during that production. You guys grew. Mm -hmm. not, not one fold, but tenfold if you think about it. <laughs> I mean, I loved, honestly, the, the producing aspect of it. I, I, I love. I'm the kind of person who I always need to be doing something. Yeah. I, I, you know, I can't just sit around and do nothing. So the, the role of producer, even though I, I was like sharing because we were, I was constantly thinking of new ways to do things and running around and getting shit done. It, mm -hmm. it, was, it was nice for me just because I was constantly on the move. Well, and also, also you have the challenge too to act and produce. So like you can't really do much because you were in like, what, like 80% of the movie if you think about it, let's say. <laughs> like, or maybe like 70, let's say over 50%, let's not go exact measurement, measurement of numbers. Right. But like, you trying to get shit done and then going like, oh, we need Alfredo. We're, I'll wait for Alfredo now. You know what I mean? But I don't think that really happened. But at the same time, trying to act and produce is like hard probably. Oh, yeah. No, that was um, that was pretty challenging, especially the days when I needed to be on set, like acting like an all day type of yeah. thing. That was rough. Which is, which is even harder, too, because like it's not just you and Brian. Like you can't go. Hey, Brian, can you produce while I'm acting? Because Brian's in the same scene mostly with you. <laughs> so, like, technically at that time you have no producer. And that's, like, an even bigger challenge because Kelly's either directing or in the scene, and I have to step up for you guys for a hot second. Yeah. So that's always a, a hard, like, challenge. Mm -hmm. Like, have you learned anything from that experience? Um, always, always uh, get a PA. Get one PA, get two PAs. I, I think that's uh, something that we really needed desperately on, on Murder for Dummies because if, so, if something went wrong, the other person had to go and uh, get whatever the problem was to fix it. And I think we, we encounter that problem a lot of times. And it's me in the scene and Kelly's directing and then Fredo has to be in the scene, but then something broke and then Fredo has to run around uh, across town and get it. And... Um, I think, we, yeah, we, we, we desperately needed a PA for those situations. Oh, you mean like when the camera broke and I needed to run <laughs> to three different Walmarts to try to find the Didn't right one? Did you go one? to a Target also? Yes. Yeah. The knife, yes, the I knife tried breaking. The yeah. knife breaking. For anyone who doesn't know, well, let's tell that story real quick. So we were on set, what was it? Uh, one of the night, set, night, night shots they were doing, right? Yeah. In the garage. And in uh, let, let, before I even continue, uh, Murder for Dummies will be going online shortly. Um, we will have a link in the description. This episode will be out later 
in the month or next month. Um, so you have a link in the description about Murder for Dummies, and you can watch it there on Amazon. Yes, our plan is to um, put it on Amazon and get support that you know people that want to support the Vegas um, acting community and the indie film community. That'd be great. Sorry for that plug, guys, but I just wanted to at least let you guys know so you know what we're talking about further on, talking about Murder for Dummies. So let's talk about that camera incident real quick. So uh, <laughs> let's, it was night. It was – was that a Friday or Saturday? It was a mm. Saturday, if I recall correctly. Was it? Um, yeah. And, and we st- – was that the first scene we were shooting to that night, which put us behind? Was that the same night? See, like, ladies and gentlemen, we shot – I worked 4 a.m. to 1 p.m. Monday through Friday at the news, and uh, and on Friday, these guys had me out till three in the morning. <laughs> and Brian's just looking all somber right now, like I don't want to talk about it. I honestly, John, I love you to death. You are you were a trooper. Um, a lot, a lot of things happened during the the shoot days that. We can go on and on forever, but this man like just said, "Screw it! I, I I came here to help, and I'm not leaving until we get it right." So, I will forever be thankful, John. Yeah, you stepped up, and that's that's part of the reason why we love you so fucking much. You <laughs> stepped up, you you did your shit, you were with us the whole way through, and you only lost your shit like twice. <laughs> yeah, and I also had a shit twice. <laughs> just don't ever give me chocolate milk. Or hot chocolate after 11 o'clock. You said you loved hot chocolate. I do so love hot chocolate. So we're just all like, let's get him hot chocolate. Let's make it feel better for, for being out here at like 3 in the morning. No, no, no. That was 11 o'clock at night. And then it's like, oh, yeah, my stomach feels great. 4 o'clock comes around. We shot till 6, 5 in the morning, guys. And and basically, I just feel my stomach curl around to actually 3.30. <laughs> oh and I'm like, guys, we got to hurry up. I just feel this shit coming out of my body. And, and we were in the middle of nowhere, yeah, so he was, could. there was no bathroom. And on top of that, I was 30 minutes away from where I lived still at the time. So I had to rush my ass home, and luckily enough, I didn't share my floor. <laughs> but, oh, <laughs> but anyway, like, let's talk about that. You had a, a producing problem of you going to a Target, a Walmart, a Target, a Walmart, like three different or four different places. Now, what, how that ha- like, what happened there? So uh, we were filming and we were using um, during the scene. He used he, he was kind of using like a a normal like a like a digital camera. Yeah, type like a of little thing. camcorder. Yeah, like a little camcorder, which was his own, by the way. Um, he, he volunteered. He's like oh, he's like I have a camcorder. It'll we're work. We're talking great. about pronouns, by the way. Michael Forsh. Yes, great actor, by the way. Yes, Mr. Michael. Um, hopefully he'll. Uh, Get you guys fearing him when you guys see the film. Um, yeah, he was like, "I have a camcorder. We can totally use it." And we're like, "Cool, sweet. Make our making uh, make our jobs easier." And uh, it breaks, and we feel awful because we're like, "Fuck, man! Like now something that belongs to you is broken, and how, how are we gonna fix this?" And we were actually using the camcorder to film this, film the actual scene. So now, um, while we're getting everything prepped, everything taken care of. Um, I had to run down and I ran down to the nearest Walmart, which was like maybe 10 minutes away, ran to the electronics section, went to the, went to the person working. Hey, do you have a camcorder I can buy? Oh no, everything's locked up. Can you open it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, so that didn't work. I ran to target, same issue, ran to another Walmart, 
basically the same issue. And then I ran to a third Walmart. And when that didn't work, I called set and I'm like, you guys, I am basically going to run around Vegas unless you tell me some good news right now. And they said, you know what? Forget it. We'll figure something out. Just get back here. So basically, what was that? 45 minutes, an hour, maybe? Probably because we were wondering where the fuck you were. <laughs> I'm like, did he just go home and sleep? Like, um, But yeah, I, I ran back to set and we, we it turned out there was the camera was fine. <laughs> <laughs> the camera was fine. Um, we, it just I guess it just needed. I, I don't know what you guys did to it. But um, we ended up just using it again. But it was oh my god, it was so stressful, and I, I don't I don't know how much gas I wasted on that trip. <laughs> well, hey, remember it's all a learning experience. Which which now we can segue into the next part of this because I don't want to talk about murder for dummies for too long. But we can talk about wired. So what what are the issues and concerns and complaints and all the stuff you learn from murder for dummies that you can now bring to the set of wired? Um, we have a PA. <laughs> um, just one PA, just one PA. But oh, that, 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 that's Christ. all. That's all we're gonna need, honestly. <laughs> um, it's it's a little hard. Um, if there's one thing I've learned is that if you really want something, you gotta try to get it done yourself. Um, we've been well, our production company. We've been stuck with scripts that. Uh, have either are not getting picked up as quick as quickly or we're trying to wait for investors and i just i don't know i'm like you know what i i don't want to do this anymore i i want to i want to show i want to do something i want to i want to create it i want to put it out and i think that's how wired came into play so it's um we're still in the same boat that we were with murder for dummies we have to rely on a lot of favors we have a friend who's amazing who she's letting us use our home and but at least that location is locked down. Unlike Murder for Dummies, when we were just all like, uh, "Is it okay?" Even so, uh, there we had a couple of scares where we thought we weren't going to get the location after all, and it was uh, really stressful. But you know, uh, we're I think we're a little bit smarter. We have uh, we're more prepared. I think we we have a set plan. We have our actors ready. We mm. are getting everything together. I think that's something that we did not know how to do when when Murder for Dummies came into play. So I think that'll really help us. Yeah, and plus the fact that we have people that we've worked on previous projects before helping us and we're not just going into the dark mm -hmm. as far as actually shooting it at the actual production of it um, definitely helps out a lot. Um, yeah, our, fr um, our friend Mark, he's helping produce it. So he's really he's really getting us into that. So that's it's, it's awesome. Awesome. Mark is a good guy. You all know Mark, by the way. It's Mark Ravosco. We're talking about friend of the pod, by the way. Uh, but so also... What is wired? Like, let's talk about that. What is, I don't even know what, like, let's, the viewers don't even know what it is. But I know what it is, kind of. <laughs> uh, without giving too much away, uh, wired is basically a, a series um, where it's not, none of the episodes are connected to one another. Every episode is a different, uh, horrible story that happens to, to our uh, main characters. Uh, my goal for this is to make people afraid of technology. Mm -hmm. um this that's why uh i came up with the name wired because wired means it's another synonym for like internet uh and then it's also a state of of nervousness and a state of uh paranoia so i think that was a perfect uh connection for both of them basically uh my goal at least for this first episode which i, I don't want to give too much away but it my my goal for this uh, episode is to make people afraid of being alone I think that's a concept that's been lost lately. It's a, um, a lot of the scary movies or TV shows focus on uh, demons or aliens or 
um, just paranormal stuff. Whereas people have seemed to forget that if you're home alone and someone else knows that you're home alone, they have the power to get under your skin. And I, I really want people to be afraid of that. Yeah, we're going for the good old fashioned, uh, good old fashioned horror, like slasher flicked kind of um you, you know there's someone out there. You don't know who that is, but you're still terrified because, you know. The so like when a stranger scared. calls, basically, in a sense. We, kind like, of. Not being general. Yeah, actually, kind of. Um, it's it's condensed to about a 30-minute episode, so so we make sure that there's going to be a lot of tension, a lot mm. of, um, a lot of um, paranoia that's going on, and... I mean, hopefully you get to, even though it's only 30 minutes, you get to fall in love with the characters and you love them. Now, who wrote it? Did you guys both write this? We both wrote it. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of funny because a couple, how many months ago was it? Like three months ago, four months ago? Yeah, something like that. I got the idea because I was listening to um, really, really like scary shit on online and and. Yeah, you know, you when was you it creepy pasta, by the way. Just so no, no, cre- no, 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 creepy pastas. But it's you know how you you know how you're like on Reddit and you get to the weird side of Reddit or you get to like yeah, the that's weird like side of YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, isn't Reddit like all weird stuff? Though? Yeah. no, 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 no. Because I I read Reddit like Squared Circle wrestling fan or like Reddit DC leaks or DCU leaks or Reddit like uh, Marvel. I end up at a D, at um at like a Donald Trump like like theory group once i was like okay i got on the wrong side of reddit but <laughs> but yeah yeah reddit you can get into a deep web but but i think 4chan's worse in that in that mm. fact yeah yeah it's uh it's you know I, I was uh reading a lot about that kind of all of the dark web and all that stuff and it it really fucking creeped me out it creeped me out so bad that um my washer and dryer it's in the they were in the garage at the time so I, I was washing my clothes. I was fucking scared to go back to that garage and get my clothing and, and set it up. And I think that's how I knew that I wanted to do something like this. Something that that had the potential to not make you want to leave your room because you're afraid of what's outside. So I remember I, I couldn't sleep, by the way. That's how fucking scared I was. I even watched a SpongeBob and that didn't help. Have you ever, just... Has that ever happened to you, Alfredo, where you're so scared you can't get out of your room? Um... Yeah, I mean, I live on the uh, second floor of my house, so in order to really get anywhere, I need to go downstairs. Oh, boy. Um, Most of the time, because I've kind of memorized the layout of the stairs and everything, I I don't even turn on the lights when I go. That's (laughs) impressive. I I would still need to turn on the lights. I I got scared like that once. I was was, Funny story, I was reading It by Stephen King, and it's the part where Beverly... You know when Beverly, the balloon comes out of the the uh, of the drain. Yeah, the drain. Yeah. So I'm reading this at like two o'clock in the morning. Not a good idea, first of all. And I had to pee really bad. Now when I live, this is when I live in New Jersey. So how the layout of the land in the upstairs area was, I lived over like I I was at the end of the hallway. My parents were like right next to me, basically in a sense. And right next to my parents' bedroom was the bathroom. Basically, like one, two giant steps, or like you know, two medium steps. I am walking to the bathroom without doing anything, or one giant step. You walk into the bathroom. Now I'm like, okay, I need to go to pee. I feel like a giant balloon is going to come out of that sink. I ran to the bathroom, opened the light on, peed, ran out, and went back to my bed. I was like, oh, I'm safe. Is that what was enthralling me at the time? So like, yeah, I understand. Like, it's crazy shit. Like when you're, especially when your mind is up, 
and thinking like that, you, you go a little crazy. Yeah, but it was it was fun because um, when you go up the stairs into the room, it kind of goes up. It's like a blank wall and it kind of yeah. separates into the two rooms. Um, I don't know what happened. Maybe I saw something on my phone or, or like a flash happened or something. But oh, once shit. I got into the second part of the stairs to go up to my room, I could have sworn I saw like a weird girl figure standing there just staring at me. I... I blinked i opened it and it was gone i'm just like what the hell oh my god so i like right when that happened i just got up and ran to my room um and i just i i locked the door and i didn't move but this my dad was not like the other person who was living in the other room there was not living there so i was upstairs by myself and i was freaking out holy shit (laughs) and then not only that but my a, a friend of mine came by a couple weeks later and he's like all into like the paranormal and all that, all that juju stuff. And he told me, he's all like, oh, um, when I go up to your room, I feel a bad energy. And I'm like, I swear to God, if you, if you say that, if you go any farther than that, you are never allowed in my house ever again. Do not tell me my room is full of bad juju. Oh, my God. F- fix the feng shui, Alfredo. <laughs> his room, his uh, second story is fine. I've been living with him for like two months now and nothing creepy has happened. Because no Knock one on likes wood. you. Just kidding. <clears throat> Maybe, you know. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding, everyone. Um, but yeah, the so the next morning, because I was really excited. I was scared, but I was excited. I'm like, I, 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 I want to start something like this. But it was like three in the morning. I'm like, if I text Fredo about it, he's not going to he's not going to respond. So I text them the next day. I'm like, I need to talk to you. And I told him my plan. And he's like, huh. It's like, that sounds kind of cool. I'm kind of interested. So I uh, whipped up uh, a pilot and showed it to him. And he was like, okay, how about this? How about how will we make this character say this or do this? And we worked together. We wrote it together. And now we have this beautiful half hour uh, first episode ready to go. That's awesome. I love. I also love like the idea of when you work with a partner because it's always like for me personally. I hate writing myself because it's like, what do I say? I'm like, I want to say this. Like, I'm I'm more of a. I need to walk around and tell you what I need you to type, and you say no or yes or how about this and like let me write this instead. Whereas like you know, being by myself, it sucks. I like it's great having that writing partner with you and he him knowing your style, especially with writing Murder for Dummies together too. Where that also helps. I mean, that's what filmmaking is. I think all yeah. aspects of filmmaking is a, it's just one big collaboration. Oh yeah, definitely. No one. I hate when people like like going to that. Like I hate when people can say, "Oh, I can do it all myself." No, you can't because you know why? It's not fun doing it all yourself. It's a stressful. It's a stressful fucking environment because at the same time, going in it with you guys, yeah, we had stressful moments. But at the same time, we were able to have find those moments when they're not stressful. And maybe have a good laugh about it or, you know, have a joke about, it. you know, anything to make us like have a good positive energy. Because if you're just one person by yourself trying to do audio, trying to do camera, trying to do producing, you really, you honestly, I don't think physically or mentally someone can say they can do it, but can they really do it to their full potential? Yeah, I mean, I, I can see why people, what people think that, um, you know, a lot of people have ideas, and when their ideas are not respected or seen the way they, they want to, it kind of creates that mentality, I guess I want to say for myself. However, Fredo is like, I mean, the boy is my best friend. He knows my, my mentality. He knows my way of thinking. And he, instead of, like, knocking my ideas down, he actually, like, makes them better. He... He hears my idea out. He asked me. He he asks uh, questions, and 
when he gives me his ideas, I ask the same questions and we try to make them better instead of just like um, knocking them down. And it works beautifully because a lot of the the funny banter in this episode um, was written by him and the actors loved it. And it was just a beautiful thing to see uh, your, you know, what you wrote come to life and, and being read with feeling. Uh, how many how many episodes in a season for Wired? Uh, I want to do. I have the first ten uh, laid out. Um, I don't know if if uh, ten would be enough. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of people say maybe twelve, maybe thirteen. Um, but I would be fine with ten for the first season. See how mm-hmm. this plays out, and then go from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think ten is a really nice, really nice starting off point. Um, when it comes to like streaming services like Netflix, like I see yeah. like um, ten is usually like the bottom. Yeah. You know, so um, if if it gets if we can somehow I've seen eight by the way. I have seen eight too. That's I mean, but usually those are like half. Those are those are usually like hour yeah, long shows, right? Right. right. Um, so I mean, if if we can get picked up and then they say, oh no, uh, don't do ten, do like do twelve, do fourteen, yeah. or whatever. We you know we're open to it, and I, I think Brian has plenty of ideas when we move on to other seasons. But um, ten right now is planned, and we'll kind of work from there. Cool, and they're all they're planned as in all written out from the back, tip to toe, top to bottom. I, I wish, I wish I could say yes, all written down. No, the 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 main uh, plot is um it's all set. We just have to begin writing the script. I'm already working on episode two. Mm-hmm. Uh, my plan is to uh, shoot this first episode, and then uh, through the help of other people through Indiegogo. Um, get enough funding to to film episode two. If not, I want to uh, save some money and you know do it ourselves. I mean, it it would suck to to go that route, but this is something that I really really want to do, and I know I, I can do it. Not gonna try to find actual investors to go through the Indiegogo route. Yeah, you know, there's one thing I've learned from from trying to get Murder for Dummies uh, picked up for for a feature or trying to get any of our other projects picked up is. To me, at least, because I know Fred doesn't share this mentality. I share. I I look at it as it's just wasting time. Um, a lot of investors right now, I, I feel like they they're busy with other things, or they or you don't paint the the beautiful picture that that they want to see, so they just like shut you out, or they're not interested. And I'm at a I'm at a point where I'm just I'm, I'm done sitting around. I, I know we can do this. Um, my plan is to get this pilot done beautifully. Uh. Through through low budget means and uh, see the, let the world see what we can do and have people fall in love with this and and, and want to support us in creating more more content and if an investor sees it and wants to you know invest then that would be amazing but I, I think we live in a a day and age where a lot of the people a lot of the support comes from the public I mean mm-hmm. there's uh, YouTube stars there's inter- Instagram yeah. stars I think that if you put out something that people love it'll create a buzz of its own which, therefore to help us. Which, by the way, uh, I kind of disagree with you a little bit. I feel like you shouldn't just hold yourself to not looking for investors. You should do that while doing the Indiegogo. While, maybe do a Patreon as well. If you, have you thought about that? Uh, no, I haven't. I've actually, uh, that would be a good idea to look into. Uh, I've just had like Indiegogo on, on the mind, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say a Patreon. And then also, um, by the way, I just learned about like the promotion tool on Instagram, which boy, oh boy, a dollar can go very far. Just saying, not gonna lie. I mean, my whole plan. I know Brian wants to do that, but the the thing with this uh, series that I really love is because it is more of anthology style. Yeah. Every episode is different, um, and every episode is for the most part really low budget. 
uh, as we're filming, as we're writing stuff, um, we can film as necessary. And even while we're out talking to investors, we can continue writing. We exactly. can continue going, just making up new stories and just, just, just going along the way. Um, so while I do like the whole uh, grassroots indie, indie route, um, while we're doing that, uh, if we can start talking to people who can actually give us money, I think that's fantastic. I mean, and also, if you think about it, too, you should you guys check out Vimeo On Demand and just start your own fucking platform then, maybe. What about that? You ever think about that? Say, screw it. If you, you wouldn't say, screw it, too, and then investors might flock to you in that sense where they're like, hey, listen, we have our own platform. We put this shit on. We have 10 episodes so far. We're doing this. This is what the game plan is, yada, yada, yada. There's a lot of ways you can spin it, too, but I'm just, like, get, trying to help you keep your mind expanded so you're not, like, uh, married to one idea where it's like, okay, we're going to try this just in the go-go, and then, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I respect uh, Fredo, Fredo's thought process, yeah. and I think that's the beauty of it, that I want to go one route, he wants to go another route, but it's for the same goal, to make yeah. this... Oh, yeah. Uh, to make this... Uh, be amazing and, and great because it is it's not just to not sounding cocky or anything but i really think that this has potential it's um it's basically like your modern day goosebumps uh yeah. are you afraid of the dark that i have not seen a lot of people do so i think it's it has potential to to be really good have you also i just thinking about it now while you're talking have you thought about like um those horror distribution sites like um what are they called uh not Fandor. That Fandor is like classic Criterion type movies. Um, like Shutter. Shutter, yeah, that's the one. Maybe you go talk to them. Maybe they're looking for original content. You can always sell to them, and in that sense, reach out to them. You have nothing really to lose. That's actually a really good idea. I haven't really considered Shutter as a as a platforming means. That's actually a really awesome idea. Yeah, I mean I, that would be that would be amazing. My my only thing with that is um, I'm very protective of my stuff, so. I think a big no would be if they just want to buy it and, and do whatever they want with it. I really want to be as involved as I, as, as I want, as I intended to be with this project. I want to be there for the casting. I want to be there for, for yeah. a lot of it. So if if they just want to buy the idea and then take it over, I, I don't think I'd be okay with that. I mean, most streaming services, from what I understand, they, they actually are pretty lenient with creative control. Yeah. Um, because they have so much stuff that they need to take care of on their end. Yeah. As long as they, as long as they hire and they trust who is actually filming it, they actually give a lot of creative control to the people working on it. And plus, if they don't like you, they just cut you. Right. <laughs> you know I mean, so you have like maybe like I just went on Netflix for the first time last night, and there's like shows I never even heard of mm -hmm. on my shit, and I'm like, what is this? And when did it get made? Like one show, I'm like, who is this show? I'm like seven seasons already, and they only have like. It's like you didn't watch season three, but you watched season five, six, and seven. I'm like, wait, when did this show even have <laughs> one through six, uh, five first, or one through four? First of all, I'd never even heard of this. So it's like there's like there's a shit ton of things that will stay involved as well too. Like so, you might not get cut, you might get cut, but at the same time, guess what? You have nothing to lose to try going for Shutter. If they say, hey, we want all the rights and shit like that, guess what? You walk away. You don't need to say sign, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, that would be that would really be amazing if we can get the funding to make this um, better than than what it is right yeah. now. I would I would totally be on board for that. That's always the end goal, right? You want the money? You want you want the the, the creative. It's not called art business. It's called show business. Yeah, and I think the beauty of Wired is that it's it's um it's a low budget series, and that's how I how I really wanted it to be. A lot of the episodes have. No more than like four characters, if that. It's usually, That's great. it's usually a, a very small cast, and I, 
And I think that that's the beauty of it, where you can contain it to a, to as uh, minimal occasions as possible, and just let the actors do their work. Yeah, and that's even. And by the way, I said it wrong. It's not. It's not show art. I mean, it's not show art business. It's show art. Show art. Yeah, that's what I meant. It's show business, not show art. Um, but yeah, you ever heard that before? You're looking at me like, what the fuck? No. I yeah. Just, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. So, <laughs> like, you don't show your art for free. It's called show business in the sense, like, it's a business. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get. But at the same time, um, you know, it's like, it's very indie. Like you said, it's very rough. It's very, you know... There, it's uh, grit. Maybe that, that's mm-hmm. the correct word. I'm like, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So like keeping it small in scale as well in that first season be great because at the same time you keep small. You don't have to spend that much money, and then you make it the best product pro- possible. Yes. Uh, not saying. Yeah. Not saying. By the way, that you make everything after that terrible. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, that's what I got from you. Said. <laughs> that's why I was correcting myself. <laughs> no, I. Um, like. I really, really want this. Uh, I I don't see Wired as being anything but what it is now. I I don't want to. I don't want to make it extravagant. I don't want to make it a uh, flashy. I want it to stay gritty and and uh, very, very uneasy. Uh, I'm I'm going a lot with the Halloween feel, which is one of my favorite horror movies ever. I'm excited for the for the new movie coming out. By the way, uh, or it and, could be out by the time this is released. So, <laughs> so evergreen. And and I I whenever I think of horror I always go back to that film because that film just it's it's a dream of every horror indie filmmaker. The I mean John Carpenter was he didn't have anything really, and and to see his struggle and he made this amazing film that is till this day it's still one of the uh, horror fans' favorites. It's, it's something that I that I would strive for and. That's pretty much where I get my inspiration for for why, especially for the first episode. It has a lot of those Halloween uh, mm-hmm. tones where you don't need a lot of gore, you don't need a lot of action. You just need to be afraid of of the unknown, of of someone that that knows where you are, but you don't know where they are. And I think that's one of the the worst things like that. That's you, always the scariest thing, just like not knowing if you're home alone sometimes too, like you said. Yeah. Uh, so, Wired. Uh, how do you feel about the cast? How do you feel about the cast? Let's talk oh. about the cast. I don't, I don't know anyone, so <laughs> personally, I don't really know anyone, and um, I haven't met them yet. Okay, uh, so they probably don't think I'm real. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a couple names, see if they ring a bell. Yeah. So we have nope. uh, <laughs> we have Miss uh, Jessica Formiga. She's gonna who? she's gonna play uh, Vanessa, who is our lead girl. Okay, is she single? Um, is she twenty something? I, I, I don't know. Do you, how, I, do you know how old she is? I don't know. I don't think it's, it's acceptable. Not for me. It's not asking for me. It's asking for that guy over there <laughs> sitting on the couch. He's my roommate. <laughs> Ladies, he's single. I, I don't think it's acceptable for uh, casting directors to ask those questions without sounding like a creep. So I don't know. Um, Coffler, hey Coffler, I know he's listening. <laughs> do you want to come Friday and Saturday, or Friday at least four six six to one a.m.? All right, we'll see you there, PA. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we've got another PA. <laughs> right? Hey, we're great. If, if, if he shows up. <laughs> uh, and then we have uh, a newcomer, really. I mean, he's done a couple things, but he was really excited that he got the role. Um, Mr. Zachary Todd, he is going to be our Steven. And um, that was a, that was a great uh, – that's a great story about his audition, but I'll, um, I'll get to that I, later. I have a question here because I see what you're doing right there. First of all, you're calling everyone Mr. and Mrs. here. Like, very proper, very nice. But Steven – now is that a playoff scream? It's not. It's actually very funny. Um, it's just uh, it's funny because when we wrote Steven, we wanted him to be like a jock, like yeah. a football player type, and that was like the first name that popped into my mind. I don't know if it's because I watched the original scream and it just like a, 
subconscious yeah like, subconscious yeah. thing but no i that especially was, for the first episode of what you just described it's like did you just like homage homage <laughs> scream no but there is a lot of homages uh towards uh, again halloween yeah. uh that i that i'm really excited to do but no no john there was no uh there was no intention of consciously. I think you did it purposely. Uh, you know what? May- maybe you never know. And then we have a uh, Dan Worthington. I don't know if you know Dan. No, I don't know Dan. Dan, he's gonna be our uh, our officer uh, Reese. Uh, who he nailed the. It's audition. his first name Kyle, last name Reese. No, his first name is Reese. His last name is Richards. Oh, okay. I thought it'd be like his first. His last name was Reese. I was like, wow. Well, I just watched Terminator. It's kind of funny. That's that's uh, <laughs> now that'll give it to you. That's uh, I bet I've loved that name since I've seen Terminator, and okay. I, I, I'm like that's such a cool name. Like Reese, it's just so serious. So uh, it know, sounds like a peanut butter cup that I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the the cast is great. It's it's funny because uh, these three actors that I mentioned, they actually auditioned for us in person because we got other uh, actors oh. do it through video submission. Um, it. It, uh, it had nothing to do, uh, you know, the actors that, that submitted a video audition, it, um, they weren't handicapped or, or anything, but it was just that these actors that came in person, they, they really gave it their all. Um, Jessica, I think her scream, I still have it ing- ingrained in, in my mind, and I can't wait to uh, hear her scream on set. I, she, she nailed it for me. Are you like, saying, wow. are you going to announce her scream queen? You know what? I don't know. There's uh, there's other girls in the, in the series, but uh, her scream right now it's uh, it's pretty impressive. So I, I asked a question also because I heard I asked Mark this. He said the inter- the I think he said the casting for her was phenomenal. So was it better or was it on par or better than Kylie's audition for Murder for Dummies? You can't well, ask us that question. I Sean. can ask you that question. Be I'll, fair. I'll, be no, fair. no, I'll, I'll answer it fairly. Um, the thing with Kylie from Murder for Dummies. I, Again, besides, besides the lighter that she brought to the yes, uh, two two separate, two very very separate characters, somewhat alike, but there's more differences and similarities. Um, Kylie, I think her her biggest handicap of um, that that she had uh, was that she couldn't scream. Uh, she, I believe, I I think that was one of the requirements that that I was like, I want to hear you scream because you're gonna be our main girl, and I strive for that. Uh, Laurie Strode, uh, Julie James, uh, Scream. Who's Julie James? Wait. Jennifer Love Hewitt. I know what you last time. Oh, okay. That's I know the character. Yeah. Uh, so you know, and and she couldn't, and I, I, and but at the same time, her audition was really good. That I couldn't hold that against her, and it, it eventually it worked because we needed Sam to be tough and and have character, and uh, I mean, it worked in the end that that she didn't deliver that that scream that that I really wanted, but. Jessica, <laughs> she she. I think the first thing she's like, okay, because um, we were doing what the the scene, second scene. Oh yeah. She looks at us and she goes, um, "This is where I have to scream, right?" I'm like, "Yep." Can you do it? And she's like, uh, "Yeah, I just got to prepare." And she she did it. She belted, and we even had our PA who was waiting uh, on the other room to be interviewed. And he, he was leaving like, wow, that, that was pretty good. And I think that's the beauty of it, too, to see it. So I'll be wearing earplugs this weekend. <laughs> uh, we are going to have to talk to the neighbors because um, <laughs> we don't want to get the cops called on us because they heard a woman scream multiple times. Yeah, I would, I would have the PA do that. Or you guys do that because you're producers. Or just have Mark do it. Actually, have Mark do that. <laughs> We're just going to have Mark talk to strangers. Is he going to be able to handle that? I, I don't know, but I hope so. <laughs> 
but yeah, that, that was how um how that audition went with Jessica. She she really nailed it. It was really hard to find another girl that could top her. We saw a couple of submissions, but I think she we knew we knew that it was that that it was hers. Oh no, yeah. When once she left, we're all like that. That's her. That that's our girl. That's you know. There was no question. We got a couple more submissions, but we're just they didn't they didn't were they weren't up to her level for this role, and yeah. we're just all like, you know, we we need to have her as Vanessa. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. And last but not least, guys, because we're going to wrap this up right now because I know you guys have to leave soon. Sadly, but we'll be back. Yes, we will have each individual podcast. So, guys, keep on the lookout for that. I don't know who I'm going to interview first or who's going to be out first in that episode. Maybe Alfredo, maybe Brian, who knows? Whoever, whoever comments on this first, if anything, or maybe maybe I'll just throw it out there in general. But uh, Let me comment. What's, what's the thing? I'm just kidding. It's, it's not up yet. But... Uh, <laughs> But anywho, let me ask you this last last few questions. Any any advice for the f- actors or filmmakers out there that are going to try like any advice for them actually, just any advice at all. First um, time actually, especially first timers. Just do it, honestly. Um Nike much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're paying me. No, they're not. No. Please pay me. No. Um they You wish. <laughs> No, uh, just just go out there and just just I, I know it might seem like there's more reasons for you not to do it than to do it. Like the fear of failure and you don't know what you're doing and you don't know all the lingo and you don't you know, you don't know how to how to do a lot of things. But just if you just go there and just balls to the wall, just do it. Um, you're going to find out that you you may mess up a lot, but at the end of the day, you're going to gain so much more experience than what you were bargaining for. And you're going to come out stronger because of it. I like that. I mean, like I always tell Mark, you're, you can't be all theory, no practice. I tell him that all the time. I really do. And I, I, I mean it. And it's a, it's, a, it's a quote that I always live by, thanks to Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I agree with what Fredo said, but I think my advice would be, uh, like he said, do it. But you you need to find people that that believe in, in what you want to put out. You need to find people that can uh, help you out in every way, every way, shape or form. I think that's the beauty of it with Murder for Dummies or Wired. We were blessed to have people that liked what they saw and they were they really wanted to be a part of it. I think right now with Wired, we're, we're uh, seeing that because Jessica, she's also a, a production designer and she's asking us um, if we could use her help. And then uh, Dan is actually a, a prop guy who was like a great prop guy. Oh my God. Wow. You guys should see his stuff. He was he, like, Hey, what's his, uh, what's the social media? Do you have a social media? Do you know it? It's uh, Dan Worthington. I, oh, his uh, Facebook is Dan Worthington. And I think he has his Twitter. His Twitter is also Dan Worthington. I don't know if he has an Instagram, but those, would be his thing. He's mostly an actor, but he does amazing props on the side. And I think that him offering that is just like a sign that he wants to to help because he believes in the project. So my advice is if you have something, an idea that you want to put out there, surround yourself with people that have your same vision because it will become a beautiful thing once you all put that effort. Um, don't think you can do it all by yourself. And um, also one of the and most important things, think of others. I mean, we yeah, it's your project, but you need other people, other people's help. So if they're not comfortable or if you can't um, deliver on what you promise, which is also another issue that don't promise things you cannot keep. Always be upfront, and I feel like you will be respected, and people will will gravitate more towards you because the the film community, especially here in Vegas, is very small. 
everyone talks and if you do yes. something wrong and if you mess up it's going to leave a bad taste in people's mouths and it's going to be really hard for you to find someone to help you yeah also um as far as the surrounding yourself with people um no matter where you are i, I don't care if you're like in a in a tiny town in like missouri or something under understand that like there are going to be people like in your community that have um ambitions like you in the same thing the, the film community the film community as small as it may seem is actually a lot larger than what people give credit for uh, that is true i agree and then penultimate question i believe it's the second to last question that means yes so any movie recommendations Old movies, new movies, anything of that nature. This is going to be fun. I think this is where me and Fredo disagree a lot. <laughs> um, go check out Hellfest. I really enjoyed Hellfest. I think that it's a movie that has, it hasn't been done. I, th- I don't think I've seen anything similar since The Fun House, which is like an old, old movie. It has that feel. And I would I would really recommend go, just go see it with... Um, with uh, with the mindset of this is just going to be a fun movie. Don't overanalyze anything because if you overanalyze things, it's going to get under your skin and you're going to hate it. And that's I think that's what Fredo and a lot of my friends did. They overanalyze certain situations. I'm like, yeah, I get it. It's it's not possible. However, my thing with horror movies, especially horror movies, if you can if you can make us root for you and if you can make us care for you when you when you die. That's already like a, a win-win, and I, I really care a lot about these characters. I, I think in the an hour and a half that this uh, writer and director exposed us to them, I really liked them. There wasn't a character that I hated, so that's always a good thing. That's why I differ it follows. I overanalyzed the fuck out of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's a, that uh, I enjoyed Hellfest, too. It's just a good old-fashioned slasher flick, and, and I liked it. It was fun. Um, I did overanalyze a little bit though, but it was still it was still a good time. It's okay, you can do that. It's America, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me, I like more uh, psychological type of horror films, like uh, like Suspiria. I'm so excited for that. For did you, did you see the original? Yes, I did. Okay, cool. Oh, that still gives it still gives me the creeps. Um, uh, like old movies like Rosemary's Baby, Pet Cemetery, which I'm excited for the remake for that too. Did you see the picture of the cat? Yes. All right. Cool. Yes. No, I just I just get so ex- I just got so excited. Um Gerald's game on Netflix was really really good. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Like I just like I just like really like movies that get in your head. A lot of Stephen King, a lot of just psychological horror. Interesting. I would say since it's uh it's uh almost Halloween, uh, watch as many scary movies as you can. Obviously, please 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 watch Halloween John Carpenter's original version. I think especially if you're really trying to make it in the horror indie film. That's one of the best films that you can watch, in my opinion, because, again, like I stated before, this man had the same issues that we do. He didn't have enough money. He didn't have a lot of support from everyone. And what he created was amazing. And, I mean, look where, look where it is now. It's getting a remake after like, all this time. It's not really being a remake. It's a sequel. It's a, a sequel, yeah. Also, you don't have to watch that during Halloween. You can watch that whenever, any time of the year, Halloween. is a great movie to watch in general. True. And also, recommendation on that is you should all read Rebel Without a Crew by Robert Rodriguez because that's another great book and story about, obviously, how Robert Rodriguez got or was basically got, yeah, he got $7,000 to make El Mariachi. Oh, nice. He sold his body to science. It's a very interesting book. Very, very fascinating, too, because he was actually a one-man crew, too, which we complained about. 
But he didn't have he didn't yeah he was a one man crew but he had other people helping him who were on the casting crew so basically like a Murphy dummy situation where it's like hey I got this guy running the camera but I got like this guy helping with the light this that and the other thing but he was still a one man crew he shot and directed himself in that sense but thank you guys let's let's plug in your social medias real quick Brian what is your handle your at or your Instagram Twitter Facebook whatever you want to give away. Uh, you will find me being more active on Instagram. I'm an Instagram freak. Uh, my Instagram handle is Prince underscore Bry. Um, and you'll see it because my name, Brian, is B dot R dot I dot A dot N. So. That's a lot of dots. <laughs> um, you can find me on uh, Facebook and on Instagram. Facebook, just my name, Alfredo Muniz, M-U-N-I-Z. Um, and my Instagram handle is Fredo. F-R-A-Y-D-O-U-G-H underscore 90. Awesome. You guys want to plug the Wicked Trinity Productions, by the way, for that matter? Yes. Actually, that's a good idea, John. Thanks for reminding me. Um, If you want to follow the good old Wicked Trinity uh, Productions uh, Instagram page, uh, it's still being uh, built. I think I'm actually going to do, because right now we have a Murder for Dummies Instagram page, but I think I'm going to just switch the the handle to Wicked Trinity. Smart Um, move. Just to make it easier on all of us. But if you guys really want to see Murder for Dummies photos, all the stuff that we did a couple of months ago or years ago when we're we're shooting, go ahead and follow Murder for Dummies on Instagram. And then it will soon be uh, changed to Wicked Trinity. And then remember, guys, that Murder for Dummies is coming out shortly. The link will be in the description of this website. I'm sorry, in this this podcast. (laughs) So uh, be on the lookout for that. Enjoy it. It's a really good movie. I really liked making it as well as watching it. And we had a great time, by the way, which we didn't get into this time, but maybe when I individually interview them, we'll discuss the uh, opening night, in a sense, get together. (laughs) Or maybe like a part two podcast. I will be totally down for that. This has been so much fun. It has, but I think I'm going to do it individually first before we go into a part two, guys, because I would like to to do a part two. You guys are really fun. So other than that, guys, check out the podcast. Subscribe to our My Podcast, Chasing the Wave podcast. It's going to be awesome. We have a lot of great... Other episodes coming up in the pipeline. Be ready for those. Other filmmaker and actor friends of mine are going to be interviewing them as well. And maybe some stories about lifeguarding whenever that happens. I don't know when, but who knows. Guys, have a great night. Have a great day. Have a great evening. Have a great year. Check you out later. Bye. This is Chasing the Wave. Bye, guys. Bye.